What's going on, everybody? This is Dante Buxton here, and this week's episode is entitled Mine Over Money, a discussion on generational wealth and financial peace. African-American spending power is over $1 trillion a year. However, the collective assets of black banks combined is only $4.7 billion a year. Sadly, that's not even 1% of our massive spending power. Let's give some context, right? So as a result of an increase in education and Black-owned businesses, Black incomes have grown significantly. But unfortunately, our consumer spending has grown at the same rate. Our money has gone into our cars, our homes, clothes, and other consumer goods, generally speaking. In some cases, we're supporting other companies and brands that really don't even support us. We can't talk about black power without talking about the black dollar, right? There's really no black power without the black dollar. Today, I'm joined by my friend and my brother and fellow co-host of Totally Naked, a Christian podcast where we speak truth to power every Sunday at 5 o'clock p.m., Robert Jackson. So show some love for Robert Jackson. He's joining me. Robert, how are you? Hey, I'm good, my brother. How are you doing? I'm good. For the purpose of this conversation, I'm just going to call him Jax, as he's affectionately known. So let's jump right into it. Jax, let's talk about the black dollar. I think that this is such a very important conversation. Of course, we we hear it a lot in pop culture of the importance of the black dollar, and we hear it, it said a lot about generational wealth, but how powerful is the black dollar? That's a that's a good question. Um, and the thing is, you actually previously stated that the spending power is a million dollars or over a million dollars. Um, and I want everybody to put that in context that that's more than a lot of countries have to spend. So there, there are only 17, I apologize, 16 companies, companies, 16 countries mm-hmm. that spend more than that. Wow. So the black dollar is more than the majority of, of countries uh, on, on earth. And the thing is, the majority of our spending is on, as you stated, depreciating items. Other than homes, we spend them on things like cars, clothes, and consumer goods that depreciate over time. So in essence, there really isn't any power in our dollar. Wow. So when we talk about the black dollar, I, so in essence, we could really have our own country. We could definitely have our countries, especially when we talk about um, the circulation of the dollar. So I did a little research, and Mm -hmm. uh, in other cultures, like the Asian culture, it takes about 28 days for their dollar to circulate and get out of the Asian community. Mm -hmm. Um, With whites, it's about 17 days. With Hispanics, it's about seven days. Do you know what it is with blacks? What? Six hours. Really? Six hours six hours before it exits the black community. So why is that though? As quick, it's as quickly as we, we get it, we spend it and, and, and doing a little more research. Um, it's a lot of things like, um, designer items, um, grooming products, you know, the hair and beauty industry is a whole, of a course. whole industry on, on to of itself course. that we, um, support, <laughs> um, in a lot of ways. Um, and then not only that, but we are really triggered, um, not, uh, generally speaking, by celebrities who endorse products True. as well. True. So that bandwagoning technique is very is. is very strong in the community. But how does the black dollar really affect us? So you talked about how easily we spend it, you know, as soon as we get it. But 
how is it how effective or how influential or important is it in our communities and why do you, what do you believe the solution is in terms of building that that black dollar um, within our community or, or changing that mindset we really have to be conscious on what we spend our money on and how we actually spend it there we all have Google we all have things in our pocket that tell us um, what a company stands for, um, who the owners of, of different companies are, not just the managers, but the owners of those companies are. Um, and we can see if the person is actually um, black. Um, and be, we have to be very intentional um, about spending our dollars in our own communities. Um, a lot of the stores and brands and things that we have within our own community aren't even black owned. We have to get into the into the mindset of actually buying, you know, commercial properties, um, setting up brick and mortar stores um, inside of our own co communities, and not uh, allowing—I I shouldn't say not allowing—but you know, being actual direct competition with with other people who aren't black inside of our community. But Jax, tell me, tell me, even I've seen an uprise in terms of an uprising in terms of the number of black businesses that are sprouting up i know you're an entrepreneur you have a a, a, a a you're a black owned business owner as am i and many many others especially here in jacksonville so many people are 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 starting brick and mortar businesses and just like really doing it up but still we see issues in the city in our state in our country where they're still not a vested interest, even us as us as a black people, there's still not a vested interest in supporting black owned businesses. So what is the what is the real solution? What do you think it will really take to motivate or galvanize people to really support their own or invest in their own to really, really build that genuine community where the black dollar is circulated and we invest and empower others, not for you know, any sort of veneration, but just to make sure that we are promoting and growing as a people. Going back to um, making sure that we're intentional, intentional about where we spend our funds, we also have to hold those businesses or our businesses accountable for giving back into the black community. Um, so I think it's, it's awesome um, for us to spend money there, but we have to hold a lot of companies accountable for being philanthropic um, within our communities once they get our, our consumer dollar. So let's talk about generational wealth. So I want to transition into the conversation of generational wealth. As I stated before, we've heard this term time and time again, but how do we establish generational wealth, even in this current climate when we're dealing with the pandemic and people are being furloughed and, and, and without jobs and facing evictions, you know, especially african-americans and minorities who really you know have been at a disadvantage with this pandemic let's talk about generational wealth of course in spite of it all we still our families we still want to see our families grow stronger we still want to see our communities grow stronger even in the midst of the pandemic but how do we begin to build generational wealth within ourselves like what's the first step that we need to take well, the first step that we need to take is making sure that we are educating ourselves on how we're going to get that, that wealth for ourselves, and then also educating um, our kids or uh, people in the, other, in the next generation on how to maintain that wealth and also 
increase it. Now, you also talked about the pandemic and everything. Right. Um, I think that that actually gave us some time to not only relax a little bit, but also to uh, put our aspirations in motion. Um, so if that was starting your own business, you kind of had a little bit of time to create those business plans or, you know, set up future meetings with potential investors or mentors or, you know, create processes for what you wanted your business to look like. Um, so in all actuality, I think the pandemic was a bit of a blessing um, for us to get things started, to get the ball rolling, because a lot of us, we get so into the rigmarole of the day-to-day that, you know, a lot of our dreams are put on hold. Um, but it gave, it gave us the time to sit back, refresh, um, relax a little bit, and actually put our business plans in motion. Um, and generational wealth is so, so, so important um, as far as passing it down to the next generation and making sure that they're educated on how to maintain it. So let's talk about the importance of it and what it really, really means and its impact on the community. You know, I personally, for myself, on both sides of my family, both sides of my family have been working class, you know, uh, educators, uh, public health workers, uh, people who are, you know, working in restaurants or, you know, for different, you know, businesses within the community, churches, and really the conversation on generational wealth has not really been instituted. Um, And so for me as a young black male, you know, what would be, or as a young person, a millennial or whoever coming up, what would be the thing that I would need to look to the most in terms of establishing generational wealth for, you know, my, me and my uh, family, you know, or my grandchildren or great grandchildren, what could I do like now, you know, to really, really start that, start that, that mentality or that, that energy? I think that the number one thing we need to realize, um, because we, I think we kind of got the same um, education growing up, Um, we need to change our mindset and really understand that no company that you work for is going to like make you a millionaire. So just going to work um, and coming home and, you know, saving some money is is far and few between that you're going to make a million dollars or make whatever your, your financial goal is by doing that. Um, You've got to make sure that you have other streams that can support what you want your financial aspirations to look like. So just having, just going to a nine to five and coming home and hoping that one day, all of a sudden, somebody's going to say, hey, you know, we're taking you from 80,000 to 300,000 this year. That's not going to happen. And I think a lot of people, they get into the, into the world, um, the business world, the corporate world, and they think that, you know, over, you know, 10 years, five years that they're going to see this big substantial um, increase in what their income is, and that isn't going to happen. So I think it's a it's a mindset thing of we've got to make sure that our our job that we have, our corporate job that we have, uh, financially supports our dreams. So 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 that we aren't stuck in that same job for you know 10, 20, 30 years doing the same thing um, and not enjoying it. Wow, I agree with that, and I think that that's really a small piece of why I started Beacon, not as any, of course, any sort of get rich quick scheme, but really to, you know, my concern is, and I talk a lot about this on even totally naked. I recognize the importance of life in itself. And I don't want to 
like you said, just be so focused with working a nine to five that I forget to live. I forget to create. I forget to, you know, leave a legacy for myself and for the next generation that, you know, is looking up to me or coming after me, whether they know me or whether they don't. And I think that that what you said is extremely important. You know, establishing a business really is not just about, you know, getting getting rich or, or becoming famous because granted, I may never be a billionaire or trillionaire, but I, I do I do believe that really setting yourself up in some sort of way for additional income, it works. And I've seen that it is a, a means of establishing, you know, passive income, even if Jax, I considered I'll share this this brief anecdote. I considered for a long time uh, buying or looking into like foreclosed properties that I could kind of do like fixer up. I'm very much interested in the whole fixer upper type thing. And so buying a foreclosed property, fixing it up and flipping it to, you know, get some sort of passive income. I feel like that's an example of generational wealth, you know, that would be sustainable for me and I could leave, you know, for the next generation as, you know, in terms of money just continuing to come in to build, you know, whether it's for me or whether it's the community, that's kind of how I see it. And I think a large part of the discussion needs to be, I feel like so many people have given up hope. So many people, especially in terms of this pandemic and especially in terms of their finances, people went from thriving to surviving where they really Mm -hmm. didn't, where they really haven't really sat down and really started really reassessing their budget or or drag developing a budget or or having a, a or building their savings accounts people just went directly to you know surviving unfortunately in this pandemic but i want you know those that listen those that follow the podcast to really understand that even in light of this current pandemic you still have an opportunity to really grow and excel and build and live and produce tangible results not just for yourself but for your families and for the next generation you know so that you can be a beacon of light in this dark world which is the whole premise of the podcast and the organization as a whole i want to talk about in reference to the pandemic um do you believe that it's safe to really invest in this current climate? What a good question. And the thing is, you actually use safe and investment in the same um, sentence. And I try not to do that because um, being safe is one thing, but investing is always going to incur some type of risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it so are you asking me, is it a good time to invest? It is always a good time to invest. Where should it I be always investing? a good time? It is always to, to, to have your money make money. And mm-hmm. that's a good question as well. I am not a uh, certified financial advisor, <laughs> but I can definitely um, enlighten people to look around them to make sure that they have the opportunity to invest in the right things. So since we're talking about the, the pandemic, let's get to it. We all know that a lot of things were shut down during um, you know, these last 10 months or, or so. Right. There were certain um, there were certain things. If you if we're talking about stocks, there were certain things, or well, all places and everything were shut down. And since those companies weren't didn't have any income, their stock prices went down. So unless they go out of business, 
once things restart opening back up, their stock prices are going to increase because they'll have more revenue coming in. Simple, mm. right? So actually during the pandemic was a brilliant time to invest in certain companies. Um, and again, I'm not a financial advisor, so I don't want to, um, I, I, I'm, I can't like give out company names or anything. Right, but right, right. We'll just say the hospitality in industry. We all know that they're all, hosp- all hotels, things like that, all of those airlines, things like that were all shut down, stock prices went down. Beautiful time to go ahead and pick up some stock in some of those in some of those com- in some of those companies. I mean, I did myself, and I've seen almost a four hundred percent increase in in my stock portfolio because of certain investments. It's not really. It's just a matter of looking. Ar- absolutely, it's just a matter of looking around to know what's going on, and, and being, and not shifting to survival mode, but thinking to a how can I be a capitalist in this state. Right. Does, does that make make sense? My my mindset is always how can I monetize this situation? How how what can I do in order to elevate myself and my family in this situation? Not just I need to hold on to every penny that I get because I might not have enough. That's a survivalist mentality, and that's another thing that um, African Americans in general um, might resort to once we see our funds aren't where they should be, or people in general actually. I like that. So in terms of you mentioned the family so what are five principles or what are some principles that we can begin to instill in our kids you know in terms of helping them to develop a stronger sense of maybe the black dollar or generational wealth or the importance of managing your money um as far as the kids and everything go um i'll definitely want them to number one don't borrow more than you can afford <laughs> that's very um, true exactly um me I, I can go back to you know myself and i didn't have the financial education growing up um which is why my major when i went to the florida state university was finance um, <laughs> i wanted to make sure that i was <laughs> you had to throw that in there Absolutely, absolutely. But that was why um, that was one of my majors when I went to college is because um, I I kept, in high school, I was um, at internships at different banks. Um, I was around different types of people um, who are older than I um, and looked like me because one of the banks I worked at was black owned. um, And then some of them didn't work, didn't look like me when I went to other companies. But they, but there were always conversations that I had no clue, you know, I smiled and nod, had no clue what, what they were talking about because I was not exposed to um, that type of financial talk. And it was like, I refuse to be in other circles as I get older and not understand, not clearly understand um, how money works. I just, I, I refuse to do it. So that that was one of the reasons why my, my major was what it, why, why my major was what it was. Um, because I don't want kids or anybody else coming up after me to know that they had a father or friend or uncle that had the education but didn't share it with them. Um, so that's number one, please, please always um, spend less than what you make. Um, the other thing is um, organize your finances. Having a budget mm. uh, and making sure to stick to that budget is crucial, extremely, extremely crucial. And I am a stickler for a good budget. Um, and I'll just e- even tell you this, even now toward the end of the year, and I've been doing this for years, um, I, I will start Uber or Lyft. And this is the reason why. <laughs> um, I, Since I like to stick to my budget, mm-hmm. um, 
when I purchase gifts and everything, that is not a part of my budget. Me purchasing Christmas gifts is not a part of my budget, and I'm not going to. Really? I'm not going to deviate from my budget for Christmas gifts. Not even now, on Black Friday? I will, I will not. I don't go out on Black Friday. I, I, I refuse to do it. Because, you know, the kids and everything get things year-round. Right. So there isn't a reason for me to go and, and act like, oh, my God, this is the first time I've ever shopped just because, <laughs> you know, things might be $50 uh, less. Fighting but that's the people, personal. Fighting personal. people over flat screen. I refuse to do it. I, re- I refuse to do it. But with my kids and everything, since I don't like to deviate from my budget, um, I will pick up another stream, and that stream will support that particular situation. So That's yes, my, the money like that, that, that I get from, from Uber and Lyft will we'll do that because I'm not adding in um, that into my budget and I'm not going to you know, take away from other places that are in my budget in order to, um, in order to get gifts. Right. And on top of that, I'm not going into debt to prove that I love them. So I'm not going to swipe credit cards. I'm not doing all of that just for a Christmas gift. If you don't have it, if I don't have the money for it, then you won't have it. You'll get it when I get the money for it. That's it. I think that's important to note, though, and I, I know you have you may have some other points or keys that you wanna that you wanna lift up, but I do feel like that's important. So many times, I remember one year. This is when I got my first jo- like big job where I could actually, you know, get an income tax check, all that kind of stuff. And nice, you know. And Christmas came around, and that was like my first job, so I wanted to give everybody a gift. Do you not know that as soon Christmas was great, everybody got their gifts. You know, everybody was happy and satisfied and surprised and grateful. After Christmas, I was broke. Yep. Broke. Literally broke. And so I, I promised myself never again. Now, what I do now, and, it, and you're right, it does work. Now, I don't, I include Christmas in my budget mm-hmm. because I know that it's, it's an expenditure that's coming down the pipe. And I know that I'm going to have to utilize, you know, some sort, some said amount of, of funds out of my, you know, general expenses to, you know, buy purchase Christmas gifts for those that I love or that are a part of, that are in my life. So I'll do that. But once I reach that limit, no. And right. I had to get to that. I had to get to that point. And I think that, you know, I got to that point for more reasons than one. But namely, so I don't want to be broke, you know, right. and I think that, that that's something that we got to keep in mind, too. Of course, you know, I don't think anyone intentionally wants to be in that position. But I do believe that that it's very important for us to find a budget or keep a, a budget, no matter if it's, you know, I think there's so many apps out now, so many online banking systems now that really do help you to manage your money as best as you can. But I do want to encourage those that are listening to ensure that you are budgeting wisely, especially during the holiday season. I think saving is always important. And also be resourceful. Find ways or 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 means where you can give gifts that maybe aren't a thousand dollars, you know. Right. Especially during right. the during these times. Kind of be a little bit more resourceful. But I, right. I think a budget is extremely important. What were you about to say? Well, you, I, I think that you talking about coming back and being, you know, not having any money after the, the holiday season. Bro, that I was, was me. To give. I man, let me tell you, I used to work for Bank of America, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I used to work in the mortgage department. You would be surprised at the at callers calling in 
saying, hey, I'm so sorry, I can't pay my, my mortgage um, because I just, you know, we did holiday, we, we did holiday shopping. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no. expecting like some type of, oh yeah, just don't pay it this month type of response. Like what, like what do you, like, like <laughs> I, it, it, it's, a, it's a whole mi- mindset type thing because I'm like a, I'm like, okay, so you, going to get charged a late fee and we'll start the foreclosure process because I'm trying to understand what 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 do you want to hear that's going to set your mind at ease for you not having your priorities straight Jack says like I, harsh, I don't understand though. yeah I know that's I, I real know, I know that's but, real but that's so, also a little hard it is real <laughs> but it was so many till it's like I'm not understanding the thought process of oh my god I need to prove to these people that I love them so much that I'm going to take the money that I use to, to for shelter in order to put something under the tree. Like, I just, I, I personally don't understand the mindset. Um, so if you say that it's harsh, it probably is, because I, I just, I don't understand that mindset. Mindset determines destiny, though. Let's just- It does. Let's just put that out there. That's very important. It's a key notion. So getting back to the principles that we can take away, you know, whether it be oh. our children or in our everyday lives, what are, what, are, what are other things that you think we need to keep in mind? Oh, something that is very, very important. Um, and, and I need people to perk up their ears for this one. Get and keep a life insurance policy. Do you know how important life insurance is um, when it comes to creating generational wealth? Hmm. It is it is so Im- important to know that um, if God forbid something happens to me that I've pretty much created three millionaires. It's it's one of those things that I don't think people take ser- seriously because it happens after them. But if you if you're actually truly thinking about the people that you're going to leave, if you're actually thinking about yeah. the survival of your kids' uh, financial state, if you're actually thinking about putting them in a better position than you are currently. Um, that is one of the most important things that you could ever do. And to take it even a step further, even um, people who, um, you know, might be in, in the street a, a, a little bit, and you kind of already know that, you know, you're, you know, you don't have a real nine to five or whatever. Me, if, if you my cousin or brother or whatever, I'm trying to get a life insurance on you. If anything happens to you, we need to make sure that 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 Jax. there's a million there set up to. I mean, not not to be harsh. No, not, I know. Not to be harsh, but I know. You, you know, you already know. I mean, if if you're a D boy and you're in the sheet and you're doing your thing, I mean, what would what is the drawback to ensuring yeah. that your kids or your family yeah. member, um, family members are going to be taken care of? And then not only that, do you realize? That that might even stop. I don't know some of the black killing in the street because when you, you know if you kill this black boy, he gonna make he gonna make somebody five million dollars. If you shoot him down in the street, he he gonna do that as well as sue your police department for um for a, a, a settlement. So right. you're creating million. You know that's a whole nother conversation. Whole nother con- whole nother conversation. conversation. It is. It is. But no but life you, insurance. You see what you see what the mindset is. Yes. Hmm? You no. Know, seriously. Exactly. I, I was just gonna say. It's very important to have a life insurance policy. I didn't, you, it's crazy because, of course, I always, you know, you watch the movies and then the grandfather dies or the rich man dies and he leaves this. He has an estate and he leaves this to, you know, his wife mm-hmm. and the kids get this and, you know, da 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 da. And I can remember um, while I was in college, I came home one time, maybe during the holiday season, and my mother was talking about life insurance policies and its importance and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. 
that's kind of where I learned of its importance. And I do believe after talking to the representative uh, that she had us talk to, my brother and I to talk to, to educate us on, on the importance of it, I do feel that it's extremely impactful. You know, I, I've seen so many people who, you know, leave this earth and pass and they, their children suffer because of the bills they need to be taken mm-hmm. care of or land that needs to be tended to or, right. you know, things that need to be paid off. Go ahead. So in that instance, you are essentially not setting them up for financial success. Correct. And Correct. You're setting them and, and you're setting them back. Because now they have to pay whatever things they have going on, plus this expenditure for you dying. I mean, see, so it's it's almost like a double double whammy, and I don't know if people really get that, um, really get that. Um, And so I've already told my kids, we've had this conversation, I've had this conversation with with, with their mom and and everything else. I already told them, if they spend more than $250 on my funeral, you spent too much. I, I I don't need the popping circumstance, I'm dead. You need to go ahead and make sure that the money that is left, that you go ahead and and uh, and and be financially fruitful with those funds. That, but it's it's just me. That's I mean, again, well, Jax, it's, a, it's a whole nother I don't situation. Wanna, I I don't want to talk about you. Up. I don't want to Jack. I'm sorry. You, I don't want to talk about you. Up. I don't care what you do at the ashes. I don't want to talk about you. We need to make sure that the funds <laughs> that, that, have that a, the funds are used. We're gonna have a nice carnival. Junk canoe for you <laughs> with the dancers and the umbrellas and the feathers and the, and the, the feathers whole, and everything. The whole right. nine. We're gonna have a, a whole junk canoe celebration and then we're gonna have a big it's barbecue. Crazy. You know, but but get him, but but I do but, I do agree with even, you. Even even right. that can listen, the funeral costs alone. Mm, let me tell you, I I buried my mom and, and that was in the in I, I think it was like twelve thousand. And I, and I mean, you know, it was bronze casket and all kind of stuff. That's like, and I love my mom. I, I love her. I love her. But um, for things like caskets, and, and I don't know if people really understand, like, the cost of these things that you're yeah. going to see for two hours and put in the ground. Like, it's, it's for one of those things, it's just, it kind of blew my mind because it's like, the, and the point of that is, is what? I, I, I get it for looks, but the real point of it is what? To show everybody else that hey this is a nice casket like like what's what is the real meaning behind that i mean i think obviously you know especially in the black community you know the thing the goal is to put them away nice so you want to you want to have a good send off you don't want to put you don't want to be like that song if i die young bury me inside a plain old box with a petal of roses so, you know you will, <laughs> you will. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> gonna, i'm a different breed we're we gonna cut I that out we're gonna breed. cut that out the podcast because I, I, I just butchered that song but no <laughs> but seriously though i think that you know you want to put your mother away nicely you don't want to just put her in, in a cardboard box and be like thanks thanks for you know the the 50 years of life i appreciate it blah 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 you know you want to make sure and i think sometimes we can overdo it but i also think let's just be real funeral expenses are are pricey and unrealistic pricey. you know and i think ev- nobody wants to nobody wants to just throw their loved one away but i think you know getting back to that conversation let's get back let's i, I want to go back a little bit because we're, we're talking about uh life insurance and funeral uh you know expenses and all of that and i want to go back a little bit going back to even the conversation of savings you know mm-hmm. ensuring that you have a decent savings i can remember a time 
and you probably will, will know what I'm talking about me describing it. But I can remember a time when I had I ran into like a little ditch financially, and I was like panicking because I had at the time uh, depleted my funds not because I was irresponsible. Let's just let me just put that in it, but because I just had a lot going on. I was working on building my business and da 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 da. And I just, you know, I mismanaged my money. I'm going to be real. I did mismanage my money at the time. And, you know, in a way, I also depleted in a little, you know, the majority of my funds. And so I feel like it's important that we have, we start to develop a strong savings account for ourselves. I remember, like, in the back in the day, you used to hear about, like, grandparents or Uncle Uncle Pete, you know, putting the money under the under the under, <laughs> under the, bed, the bed, under the mattress, or right. in a shoebox <laughs> in the top of the closet. But no, right. for real, like I feel like we do need to take our, especially in our communities, we do need to invest in savings, and we do need to take right. that extremely seriously because you don't right. know what you don't know. You don't know when life will will stop when you have to take a beat and really kind of, you know bring some sort of relief to a situation, whether it be a car or whether it be, you know, a death in the family or whether you have some sort of medical emergency that you have to pay for or take care of. You know, I think, you know, if you learn or take away nothing from this conversation with Jax and I, I think it's important to really, you know, emphasize the fact of the importance of savings. You know, even when we go back, when we go back to talking about the black dollar, Jax, you know, Saving, saving your money and managing your money well, making your money work for you is so important instead of making you work for your money. You know, I think right. I think you're better off in the long run if you make your money work for you. Balance, you know, your checkbooks, balance your accounts, see where your shortfalls are and just, you know, act accordingly. But definitely make sure you have a, a solid savings account. And and looking back on it, I obviously don't regret that season where I was, you know, I had I fell into that ditch. I definitely don't regret it because it led to all of this. However, right. I know better now, you know, not to ever put myself in that financial predicament, you know, and to be a better steward uh spiritually right. speaking of my money. Um, so that I so that I'm able to really live and excel and produce effectively. You were about to say something, right? Go ahead. And, and and it should actually be it, that should actually be a part of your budget. I know in in mine, it's, there's going to be a percentage that's going to be given for my tithe, of course. Um, but there's also a percentage of that given to my savings. Paying you have to pay yourself. So that is already taken out before you even start the spending of bills and everything else. Okay, so with reference to you mentioned uh, obviously paying your tithes, so we know that that's ten percent. But with reference to savings, what percent of our money should we be putting into our savings account? What do you think, especially during this pandemic? Right, that it actually depends on where you are financially. Um, I know some people will start low, um, like with as low as you know twenty dollars or so when they get paid. Me, I like to try to keep mine right at ten percent um, because I want to make sure that with that first ten, I order, I honor God, Bitji. But then um, with that next 10, I need to honor little G God, which is me. Um, so that's what comes after that before everything. Jax, why are you little G God? That's what it says in the Bible that I'm that I'm that I'm I am the God of me. He's he's the God. He's the God of me. Me also. But I'm I'm the little G God. No, 
Too See much. me after class about that. See me after class. Educate <laughs> me. No, for real, because I need to be educated on that. I probably missed that. He scripture. said he. I'm, I'm no, no. The thing is, he said that he made us in his likeness and in his image. And if I'm resembling him, then he's so the you're, guy. You're basically your friend. Y'all, we taking a little spiritual a spiritual break real quick. So, <laughs> so okay. So let's get back to it. Just because I, I need to be clear. No, for real. Because I'm a I Christian. I didn't know that I was a little G. So okay. So you're refer- you're basically saying if, that God is. Since I'm a child of a king, if I, since I'm a child of Correct. God, then I'm a little God. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Or am I confused? Correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. Jax, and, text and me that, that, that might be a little that might be a little too much for a lot of people, but yeah. um, I have to think of myself that way in order to prioritize myself. Because if I think about myself as just you know a grain of sand, I don't know if everything would just be. Um, I, I don't know if I would put things in as much of perspective if I know that I'm the God of um, little G God of edu- of like my kids and everything, if that makes sense. Pause. OK, so I understand what you're saying now. You're basically saying you're not saying that you are a God. So people need to worship you. Right. I just no, want to I just want to clarify for all the sanctified people, because, you know, I will have <laughs> people. There will be honestly about 10,000 people that unfollow me after hearing this podcast. If well, I don't, I clarify. do not want that to happen. I no, do, but I you're basically saying you're, you're speaking God. from the you're speaking from the context of really prioritizing yourself and holding yourself to Correct. a certain caliber in terms of your financial stewardship and 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 how you care for yourself you know while living this life basically correct okay that is exactly people people don't think that he's walking around thinking that he's the next kanye west he's hova (laughs) and all of that that's not what he's saying i'm not please don't cancel my brother please don't cancel me because i don't don't got time please don't cancel me we just got started (laughs) don't cancel us no but i i do i do agree with that that notion that we should be prioritizing ourselves so getting back to savings let's talk about the savings so you said you personally save 10 percent do you has that number yes, changed I, oh, for you I, I over attempt, I, 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 absolutely it has I, I didn't mean to, to cut you off but, sure um, go ahead it definitely has um, it's definitely gone from it started at like maybe one <laughs> because yeah. there was a time when I was so overwhelmed by debt um, that there there wasn't room for me to pay me and that is a hard place to be hmm. where it's like you feel like you're working so much been there so much and all of your money is just going you know just gone just before you even spend it is is exactly and the thing is um from personal perspective uh, when i first got you know credit cards when i was in college and everything um you know i'm thinking that that's like an extension of extension of of, of my paycheck you know when i run out of my paycheck i go to the credit card and that's just is what it is but then you turn around and now you have you know 10 credit cards <laughs> and you, you you're paying that back and everything and there isn't room for you to pay you because you've already kind of exa- right. exasperated that um so that's that's why i that's why i feel like i'm such i am such a priority in being paid from me um after I pay God and everything. But yes, it did take a lot to go from like one to three to five percent to to eight percent and, and ten and hopefully going up um very, very soon. I'm sure people can attest to that though, especially, you know, now with everything that we're dealing with. I think people I know initially I wasn't putting nothing in my savings. And then I was like, right. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to be broke all my life, you know. I wanna make sure that I'm managing my money. God has blessed me to have a, a great job. He's blessed me to be able to 
you know, achieve certain things. So I need to pay him back. And I also need to be smart about my money and make sure that I'm not working or struggling for the rest of my life. So put some aside, manage your money better. Uh, so I started building my savings. Now, of course, it has wavered in terms of the percentage that I give or dedicate to my savings because of certain things. Like, for instance, I spoke about how as a as a new business owner, I did utilize, you know, a lot of my savings to do so, uh, to, to be successful in my launch and so on and so forth, um, which put me in but a little bit an of investment. debt. But that was that's an of, investment. Right. It was an investment, investment. But it was also because yeah. I mismanaged, too. I wasn't really okay. thinking intently. I was just so excited, you know, not necessarily just so excited, but, you know, just spending to ensure that it was we were successful in our endeavors. And looking back on it, of course, I'll ensure now and forevermore that, I, you know, we're managing and spending wisely. But <clears throat> it is a very important uh, thing to have a savings. Any any other tips that you think that we need to lift up or consider? Um for the benefit of the people today, Jax? Yeah, absolutely. Um, diversification. And mm. I know when people hear that, they think about diver- diversifying their um, portfolio so to where they have you know stocks and bonds and mutual funds and so on and so forth. But I like to, and that's true, but you also need to have some diversity in your streams of income. So number one, you need to have more than one stream of income. That's, that's number one. Absolutely. But then you need to diversify but then you need to diversify those streams. Um, I know I was caught in the, in the situation when the pandemic started where um, several of my streams shut down because, well, everything else shut, shut down. So if you're right. in the hospitality um, industry, which I am also, that shut down. Um, real estate didn't. But Let me just say, um, though, Jack <laughs> works a thousand jobs. He is like I, all... <laughs> I, you can never catch Jax. Jax, you call Jax... Bro, let's go hang out. Let's do this. Let's do that. Jax is, and we'll talk about all that he's invested in. You know, he's, I will talk about his his workbook and everything else he's working on. But let me just, just sidebar. Jax is a bartender. He's also the host, uh, co-host of Totally Naked. Uh, Jax, what else do you do? A thousand jobs. Um, not, not to put, not to put everything out there, but I work for a um, very lucrative company um, doing the accounting um, early in the morning. Uh, I'm not going to put the name of the company right, out right, there right. on blast, but um, I do that. And of course, um, like you said, I'm a bartender. I am the founder and CEO of RJG Hospitality and then Robert Jackson Group um, for Real Estate with Caldwell Banker. Um, so it's um, it, it's a lot he's of different also things a realtor, going on. Of course, he's a, yes, he's a millionaire. Yes, absolutely. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not, but I do want I do want things to be set up for my kids. Um, and we have these conversations all the time, which is why um, once things let up um, from the pandemic, you know, I took them to the uh, to the credit union, um, and we opened up accounts and everything for for them. And they have an old school register where they have to keep track of what's in their accounts, and because they I, I need them to learn, even though they aren't teenagers yet, they still need to learn how this thing works and why they just can't walk in the store and be like, oh, I want A, B, and C. Mm. And I'll say, well, do you have enough money for that? You need to check your account. Like, it's not like just getting just to have isn't isn't something that I want to facilitate in my home. And that, parents, think about that. Consider that even for your children. That's teaching your children financial peace, financial uh, wellness or stewardship. And I think that's a good principle to apply. 
So, Jax, okay. as we bring this conversation to a close, um, I want to talk about your workbook. So, Jax um, is not, he doesn't just talk about it. He's definitely about it, about it. Oh, y- y'all remember, you remember when they used to be like, about it, about I cannot it. believe you went back. I cannot win. believe you went back you to, about to, it, to about Master it? P. <laughs> Okay, no I just limit aged records. myself. Of course. I just aged myself <laughs> a little bit. But anyway, no, for real, you guys. Jax has written a um, a workbook to help people manage their money better. Jax, talk to everybody about it. Tell them where they can get it. How can we find you or, or keep up with you on social media or your website? Tell the people about you. All right. Um, well, absolutely. You can um, – actually, that book uh, is an ebook. Um, and it, it goes uh, toward understanding and building um, and maintaining your credit. So making sure that you understand what a FICO score is, um, how it's determined. There are several ways to, um, to manipulate it to make sure that, that it is constantly um, going up. Um, but there is a way to utilize credit in order to build up your financial stability and make sure that you can buy the things that you want without... Um, paying absorbent interest rates on it. Um, but that is actually being rewritten re, uh, at this present time. So right now it's not available, but it will be in 2021. The um, edition that came out in 2019 um, is being updated. Um, and as soon as that happens, we'll be sure to go ahead and um, make sure everybody knows about it. Um, you can catch me on Facebook at Robert Jackson too. Um, I also have one for my real estate business and my hospitality business. Um, that's RJG hospitality, RJG underscore hospitality, and then Robert Jackson to Caldwell Banker. You heard it, guys. And we'll make sure that we post the information in terms of them following you and staying connected with all that you're doing um, on our website, beaconenterprise.org, as well as our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Live Everyday Deliberately. Be sure to follow our website as well as our social media uh, platforms to stay connected with all that we're doing with Beacon Enterprises, our artists, Beacon Entertainment, Live Everyday Deliberately, the podcast, and LED Apparel. And also stay tuned. We'll be posting all of uh, Jax's information so that you can stay connected and keep up with what he's doing. And be sure to go online and download that ebook to bless your life and help you to uh, identify and strengthen your credit. And I appreciate you and have a good week. Peace.